Growing up, you and your buddies were always on the same page. Thursday was pickup basketball night. Saturday was an Xbox gaming binge, but then the buddies started falling off one by one. So what if they all have that ring on their finger and you're the only single bachelor left? You've got your own bling. And this one doesn't come with any commitment, just a few really good moments of chill bliss. Why the sheets not go for the gold? For a limited time at Sheets, get your hands on a $3.99 milkshake like the Toffrees. Made with Hershey's Heath Bars. Unwind with golden ribbons of buttery caramel and a heaping scoop of whipped cream. And don't forget, you can save $1 when you order on the app. At Sheets, there are endless options when it comes to delicious drinks. Coffee house style cold brews, hot coffees, lattes, shakes, refreshers, and so much more. Everything is customizable so you always get exactly what you want. And when we say always, we mean 24-7, 365. Hello and welcome to another episode of the 1875 podcast, proudly sponsored by Six Yards Out. The Rovers Chat YouTube channel is proudly sponsored by SixYardsOut.com. They've got retro football from every era with mugs, phone cases and much more. They also have plenty of Rovers goods including apparel with the famous 94-95 season and this season's kit. Check them out using the link in the description below. Before we start, we'll be running a little series called The 12 Days of Rovers Chat. For the first 12 days of December, there'll be a guaranteed video, podcast or live stream on the YouTube channel. You can find us at Rovers Chat, so head over and click that subscribe button so you don't miss out. With that announcement out of the way, I want to jump straight into it. Obviously today I've got Alex and Ollie with me as always. And we're going to be speaking a little bit about topics that you've requested, topics that um, listeners have requested and obviously members of the Rovers Chat page. So I think we've got a good group of topics here, haven't we, lads? Would you say so, Ollie? Yeah, no, it looks good. Good range, Alex, of, good range of questions. What are you thinking, Alex? Is the a good range of topics, things that you're looking forward to um, discussing on what is um, the eighteen seventy five podcast? Yeah, I think it's good. Uh, obviously, I don't know if the listeners have been watching the live streams that we've been doing at Rovers Chat, but I think this format allows us to discuss more of the issues between the games that don't really get discussed before and after the games. So I'm looking forward to um, answering some of the questions that have been sent in. Certainly are, and I'm looking forward to asking them and obviously giving my input as well. Um, I think the big one that we're going to start off with um, is that man, the the reality TV star, um, <laughs> Bradley Dack. Um, there's a couple of questions. Luke Kimberley asked one from obviously the Rovers chat group. It just asks, will we see a different side to Dak's game considering his previous success with the like to Danny Graham in the side. So him and Armstrong complement each other. Um, similarly, uh, passionate for everything BRFC asked on Twitter, um, should we move Armour from the number nine position or to fit Dak in? So some very Dak-centric questions. Ollie, I'm going to jump to you first. Bradley Dak is the sort of player that you can't leave out given his importance to the side of the past, let's say, what, 24, 24 months, past two years. It's, it's a player that really you can't afford to not have in the eleven when you got him fully fit. Um, is he going to come back the same animal? You're never quite sure. He's what he played. What did he play a half? Was it against Brighton in a behind closed doors friendly? Um, 
and that's resulted in a little niggle with his hamstring that means he's not playing for the reserves again against Everton. I think it was that tonight or last night. I think it's maybe tonight that, but apparently he's a, feels he's about a week away on his schedule to refer, return to the first team. But I think probably first and foremost, we're not going to see back-to-back 90 minutes probably for a little bit. So he definitely needs to be used in the team because for argument's sake, he's still our best player. Um, evidently, from what he says, from what you little things you've heard from the coaches coming out, even from his reality TV show, which is a, a little bit far behind now, but his knee is apparently stronger than it was kind of pre the injury and pre having had the surgery and he feels very good. And so there isn't any reason why we shouldn't see the DAC of old, but that match fitness, that match sharpness, getting any of those niggles out of kind of silly little muscle injuries that he's bound to kind of, he's already had two on the way back to recovery. Um, But yeah, I think it'll be sort of, I think we'll see him phased in. I I doubt he's not going to start a game. He'll come on for, I don't know, a Harvey Elliott probably and get a half an hour or 20 minutes. and, And then I think he'll be integrated over a few games before he's probably regularly starting. Um, that's probably what I'm expecting to see. Probably, maybe sub appearance, maybe Millwall, maybe Millwall, or kind of just beyond. Is it Brentford after that? Maybe coming on as a sub. And I think we'll see how it goes from there. I think I think it's a tough one, isn't it? Like you've you mentioned, there's been little niggled muscle injuries and. Yeah, he's come back stronger, but if you having so long out, it's it's gonna strain the muscles because you just haven't used them in the same way. Obviously, Dak's numbers that I imagine he puts out—I don't know the stats behind it. That's one for obviously Joe Arby from Rose Analytics, um, but it's one of them that he seems to do a lot of running the game. So then to be able to jump straight back to that must be ridiculously tough. Alex, in Luke's question, he mentioned Danny Graham. Obviously, Graham has gone now. Blackburn have changed the way we play. We haven't been or we're trying to move away. And I think we have moved away this season from a team that lumps the ball up to the big man and then lets Dak feed off the scraps, which has worked well. But I think, like Mowbray says, if we want to push on and be a team that he can be proud of, then that's what we've got to do. Does Dak struggle? in the way Rovers currently play. He's not necessarily the most gifted player when it comes to pace. It's all about his intelligent thinking. Is it something that we're just going to have to wait and see? And do you think that the, the play style is going to have to be adapted the way that um, passionate for everything BRFC asked? It's a case of maybe putting Dak in that number nine and does Armstrong go back out wide? I think this is possibly the greatest unknown. Um, I do believe we built the initial system around Graham and Dak. I think that was pretty obvious from the way we transitioned like halfway through the League One season when Mowbray realised that if we didn't book our ideas up that we'd be spending an extended period in League One. And I think ever since then, when he reverted to that flat, kind of rigid 4-2-3-1 and we went on a great run of form right through to the end of the season and got promoted, I think it's probably stayed around that sort of area ever since then. Um, we really don't know 
where Dak fits in this team. We don't know whether he plays in the front three or the midfield three. I've when I've been asked in the past, you know, where do you think he'll fit into this? I've always said in the front three, um, just purely down to the fact that he's the best finisher at the club by a long way, in my opinion. But I think the more I've seen of us this season, I just look at the forward options we've got and I think you can't move Armstrong away from what he's blossomed at, which is moving into that centre role and playing off the shoulder of the defender and running on. I don't think you can meddle with that now. Um, you can't meddle with the top goal scorer in the division. I just think it's pointless. I think it's crazy to do that. So, And I think when you look at the other two positions, you've got Brereton in the um, form of his Rovers life if that's the right word. And then you've also got Harvey Elliott on the right-hand side, which looks like his natural position. And I think it's safe to say there's probably been a deal arranged with Liverpool with regards to his game time. So I don't think you can meddle with that either. So then that leaves you with the midfield three then, doesn't it? But, but um, then, then would you want to meddle with, with Harvey Elliott? Because for me, he is... They're probably the best passer of the ball. Maybe Holt edges in, but Holt is 30, Harvey Elliott's 17. Can you take Harvey Elliott out of that side? I mean, aside from the fact that we may have an agreement with Liverpool to say he's going to have X amount of minutes or X amount of starts over the course of his time at Rovers, do you want to take him out? The, the, answer, the short answer to that is no. Um, I think Harvey Elliott is the most talented player we've got at the club in terms of raw talent, 100%. I think some of the things you see during the games played so far, some of the passes he's played, they haven't worked out because he's on a different wavelength to some of our players. I mean, some of the passes he's playing, our players haven't even thought about that. They're behind, they're behind him during the game. And you could also say that perhaps he's almost too good for us at the minute with, the, um, with his kind of mind and the way that he's playing the game. But I think, He's brought a different dimension to us. I think I'm of the opinion that the more players you have in your team that can give you that killer pass, it just means that the opposition can't block off all of your threats. Uh, in the past, when we've had you know that very one-dimensional, you know, into Graham knockoff to Dak, I think opposition teams have managed to kind of shut us out a bit when they've mastered that when they've. Uh, Really got hold of that grim long ball, and they've really used, you know, they've really tackled that well. And they've got big, tall, physical defenders that have dealt with it well. I think we've really struggled to create, so I wouldn't really deviate from the way we've been playing. I think it's the best football we've been playing since I've been watching Rovers. I think by far and away, when we're in full flow and when we're playing well, I can't remember anything close to as good as what we've been playing. So Harvey Elliott gets in for me, and I think it's a case of who do you move out of the midfield three. Um, and I think you think about it. You, we've talked about this on the live streams. I think you need that enforcer, that tribal, or Johnson or Travis, and then you need the runner. So that may be Rothwell or maybe even Dak, and then you want the passer of the ball. So maybe Holtby. And it's, it's, it's tough, isn't it? And I know we're going we're gonna to speak a bit more in depth about the midfield positions a bit later on, but it's a, a really tough one, I think, with regards to where you're fitting in. 
Um, he's certainly someone that you want to fit in. There's no doubt about that because a player of his quality isn't going to be happy sitting on the bench and nor should he. On his day, he's probably one of the best players in the division. Um, and certainly, like you said, Alex, as good as Armstrong's been this season, Bradley Dak is the best finisher um, at the club. I, I agree with you on that statement. Um, Ollie, someone I want to um, speak about, and it's not actually in our plan. It's just Alex brought him up and I just think he deserves credit. Um, and that's Ben Brereton. Um, look, his start to the, his time at Rovers and the fee is well publicised. Um and all three of us, at one point or another, have been critical of him because no matter what he's aid, when you come with a fee of about six million, seven million, um, there's an expectation, and you expect these players to hit the ground running. To be fair to me, he's never had a prolonged run in the side until now. I think it's probably the most started seven a season this season. Um, I think he started every game. Not too sure if I'm fully correct with that. Um, definitely started the majority. How good has he been this season? If we think back to the Preston game on Tuesday, it was fantastic to watch. Yeah, I mean, I could use this moment uh, now I'm on camera to pat myself on the back. To I think I did. I say he was going to have his. Uh, he'd have the breakout season in our first. I think one. you did. Yeah, I think you did. So yeah. I can uh, give myself a pat on the back. Um, yeah, it's been remarkable. Although you sort of saw moments where you thought uh, even last season at the end of and like during the lockdown as the season closed out he was sort of nearly in games it was always very nearly sort of very strong good in the air was winning the ball we started seeing some of those driving runs but it but but then you know there was there were no assists there were no goals it was going you know rolling out for a goal kick and and you sort of think, oh, you know, maybe there's a player in there and Mowbray keeps saying he's brilliant, he's brilliant. And then I don't know what's happened this season, but he's really found that spot, that left side of the three. Um, I think the biggest compliment I can say is probably there's four, probably four players at the moment where we are not the same side if they haven't been in the team this season. And I think when Brereton... I think there are a number of games when he, he was being subbed off for Dolan and at no disrespect to Dolan in the slightest, but as soon as Brereton left the pitch, um, we just were not the same side anymore. You lose, we seem to lose so much when he's not on the, when he hasn't been on the pitch that because he's, he's offering everything. He, even when he hasn't been involved in the goals, if you watch, I mean, we're all watching the games that, for 90 minutes when he's on when he's playing he offers so much he is there as an an outlet the ball sticking to him his ability to run with the ball and get out of a tight space and either drive forward into space or just link up with others and bring others into play is really really good and that's the sort of the ugly side of being a a striker or anywhere on the front three but he's his running past players, his ability to win free kicks, um, fairly when he's been tripped or, you know, he seems to have that canny way of making sure his leg gets left in and he gets to be, you know, that's part of football. And probably the, the one thing we were all wanting to see when you've spent £7 million is he has to start scoring goals or making goals. And he's doing it, you know, he, 
I think even he would say he's probably unlucky not to get the opener at Derby. So that would probably, you know, inside of the post and it, Dolan taps it in. But, he, you know, he might have had another, you know, maybe fluffed a couple of good chances, a couple of good saves from keepers. But he's he's making the goals and he's now started scoring goals. And I think when you look at the finishes that he's had so far, they're, you know, that one, that confidence that's been growing, I think the work that Rothwell did and that second goal that really kind of put the game to bed um, on Tuesday was that's a that's the finish of a striker who's in really really. It's, it's that run, isn't it? It's that poacher, and it's that that player that's he's made the run in. And he's just got that nick, and if you look at it, he's almost given the keeper the eyes. The keeper's gone down to his right, and Burton's um, put it on his left hand side. So it is like I say, it's that instinct thing. It's sort of shred that Jordan Rhodes when he was at Rhodes. Yeah. Thrived off. Yeah, and I mean, even on his weaker foot, and it it shows he's got the confidence to. I mean, it, when you first saw it, you think, oh, he's just kind of scuffed that, and it's gone past the keeper's legs and it's rolled in. But it, it's quite when you actually I've watched the highlights a few times, and it's it looks quite deliberate. And yeah, I think as well, but I think when when you're in that form and you're playing well, sometimes those scuffs if they do just go your way. And I think there's been occasions this season, not this season, sorry, in his time at Rovers, where perhaps the scuffs have gone just wide of the post or perhaps the scuffs have just bounced up. And I think, yeah, he's not been brilliant in the past two seasons, but it is obviously fantastic to see that now he's, he's really showing that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think moving on then from the, the, the strikers, um, I think we want to talk about the centre-halves. It's a widely requested topic, really, than the, the Rovers chat, group chat, and on the Twitter post. Centre-half position, the heart of the Rovers defence. Um, just a quick-fire question for both of you. Um, we've signed Daniel Ayala. What is your first-choice midfield? Just after we signed that midfield, sorry. What's your first-choice defence the moment we've signed Daniel Ayala? So think back to that time we signed him. Who are you saying as your main central defenders, your, the heart of your defence? Alex? Lennon and Ayala for me. Ollie, would you have would you have gone with that? Yeah, I think when yeah, I'd have thought it would be Lennon and Ayala. How surprised have you been that now a conversation's happening that it might not be Lennon, it might not be Ayala, that, that it could be Wharton of all all people. A player that I think I've wrote off, to be fair. I thought he spent three seasons at League Two. If he's going to make it, he needs to make it now. Um, he's been very, very good. Yeah, his passing's not been great. Much better against Preston, though. Um, Williams had a fantastic start to the season. Lenihan's been a bit shaky, but the past couple of games, I think he's started to get back to his best. I think, especially against Preston, I think him and Wars have dominated the, um, the Preston front line. Um, and of course, like I said, Williams, before his injury, was fantastic. Quick fire again before we go in a bit more detail. Ollie, who's your main centre half pairing now? Tough question, I know. I just I just want to see where where your head's at. I think it's I think it's always Lenehan on that right hand side. I think the main thing to note, and we learnt it from I think it got picked up in the live stream reviews of the games that um where I think it was the Watford game and the one beforehand where Lenehan and Ayala would switch sides because neither can play on the left side. So you've really you're down to 
who plays on the right-hand side. And to me, it has to be Lenihan or Ayala. And it's Lenihan by a long way at the moment. Um, oh. Wharton's been really good. He Of the four, what I like about him the most is he prioritises defending for anything else, which I think we sometimes... Old-fashioned centre off. Yeah, but what you lose is maybe a little bit of composure on the ball, although I think that's I think that's quite quickly changing and it probably helps by having Kaminsky sat there as almost the third centre-back um, helping you out. Um, I still think it's Williams and I still think I'd go with Williams who, and that would be my first choice, I think. But all I'd say is that let's say we've got coming up, let's say if Wharton's still in the side when we play Norwich and Brentford, I don't think he's really had to be up against you know, a Timu Puki or a, a, a Tony at Brentford who's nearly neck and neck with Armstrong, that one of those really top strikers in the division, that would they finally kind of, would Puki pull up, keep pulling over onto Wharton thinking, I've got, you know, he's a young lad, I can get the better of him and, you know, I'll keep away from Lenehan. That's the bit that worries me is that there might be a game where it falls down a little bit, where you you maybe would have wanted a Williams there who's an international centre-back. Um, and that would be that's that would be my only reasoning, but that's not... Wharton's been fantastic and I don't, I'm not assuming he would fall down against the best teams, but that's when a real test is going to come along, I think. It, to be fair, he, did, he came on against Watford, though, and he wasn't wasn't particularly yeah. bad. He, he wasn't. We didn't look quite as solid. Not that we looked solid at all against Watford, um, but he didn't particularly look any worse than than the likes of, of Ayala. Alex, what what's your favoured central defensive pairing right now? If, if you're picking the team um, on Saturday against Barnsley, you've got a fully fit back line. Um, Who's your, who's your two centre halves? I'm trying to be I'm trying to be wary of a recency bias, and um, I think we are all guilty of this. That like the most recent great performance, we like revert to whoever was playing. Yeah, it's, it's so easy uh, to get ahead of yourself, isn't it? And think, well, yeah. he's been superb. It's, Tyrese Dolan, perfect example. Dolan's been superb for Blackburn, and, and perhaps I get some stick for this, but. The past couple of games where he came off the bench until the Preston game, he was pretty ineffective. He tried, no doubt about that. He ran his ass into the ground. But he's not been as effective as he was, say, in the earlier games. So I think it's a, it's a fair point. You don't want to all of a sudden get too excited. But go on. So I think if I was more picking the team for Saturday with a fully fit squad, I'd probably go with the same. I'd probably go with Lennon and Wharton, I think. Um I've been really impressed with Wharton. Um, the, uh, in my mind, there was no doubts that he would be able to cope with the physicality side of it. I think if you don't spend three years in League Two and not learn the physical side of the game, then I'd be very worried for you. Um, I actually saw him play for Berry um, at Exeter in League Two, and um, Berry won one nil that day, and I thought he was. He caught very well with the physical side of it in that league. And um, for anyone who hasn't watched any League Two football, it's um, it's pretty horrendous, I have to say. 
and um, it makes League One look, um, you know, like a you know cakewalk in the physical side of it. So that just gives you an indication. And um, I thought he dealt with that very well. I think so. I've, I've never had any doubts about that side of his game. Really coming into the championship and thinking, oh, can he cope with the big strikers? And I think he's used to that now. Um, with the greatest respect, there was a difference yeah. between a big striker in the, in, the champion, in the championship to League Two. Danny Graham, for example, yeah. he's going to pose. Well, Danny Graham of, of two years ago, should I say, is going to pose way more problems than what John Parkin did. You know, it, it's yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it's it's fucking a handful, no doubt. But you know, it, it, there's it, it, we, we were right to be wary. I think. Yeah, absolutely, and I think. I think to be fair, I, I actually didn't think he played that well when he came on against Watford. I thought he did look a bit like a rabbit in the headlights. But I think yeah, he looks shaky. You know, but you know, you, you you look at it in context. He's um he's a young lad. It's his club. It's his hometown club. It's he's a Blackburn fan through and through. His whole family are Rovers fans. It's a it's in his veins almost to play for Rovers. It's probably something he's dreamt of for years and years and years. And I think after maybe falling out of favour after that early sort of cameo in the um, Coyle clown season, um, he's kind of been left out of it, really. He's not been in the picture. And so he probably viewed this season as, you know, if I don't get in this season, if if I don't get in this season and make my mark, my Rovers career is done. It's finished. And um, I think we probably all agreed on that. If, If you ask me prior to this season, you know, do you think Wharton will be here at season end? If I'm being honest with you, I'd have probably said no. Um, no so- I, I, yeah, I completely agree. I think, to be honest with you, and, and if Scott, if you're listening, I'm sure you're not, but if you are, um, I'm very sorry because I would have said his role's career was over. Um, I'd not seen him play to give a, a genuine, a good opinion of it. I just thought two years, three years in League Two, no League One club had come knocking. Um, that we know of um, might have been too late but to be proven wrong same with Ben Burton I love being proven wrong with Rovers because it usually means that players are doing well and that my mm. opinion is absolutely tosh so <laughs> yeah I think uh, I think we're all really glad to see another young academy player coming through and um, you look at the team now and I think you compare it to other teams in the division and I know a lot of clubs make a lot about, you know, what money we've spent on the forward line and, you know, whether it's delivered the goods or not in terms of goals and assists. But you look at our bat line and you look at the number of players that have come through the academy, I don't think any other club in this league can, you know, stake a claim that they've been that successful. So it's uh, it's really good and I think it gives encouragement to all of the lads in the 23s and the 18s, to be honest with you. So I just think it's really good. I agree completely, and it is good to see that against Preston, three of the four um, defenders were academy academy graduates, and I think that's the sort of stuff that you look at and you can be proud. And I guess that's Jack Walker's legacy, isn't it? It was all about building from the from the bottom, and in that, that's that's what they've been able to do. Um, and obviously, we're, we're lucky that we, we've had the investment that that is still happening. So moving on then from defence to um, midfield, obviously the midfield situation, Alex, you touched on before with Dak being back in the squad. We assume that Dak will be taking up one of those midfield roles. Um, 
everyone fit, and like I say, it's a dream scenario because all without Lewis Travis, obviously Brother Johnson was suspended the past match. Um, Dak's not been available. Rockwell's only just come back. Holtby's only just come back. So it's likely that that's going to be an ever-changing scenario. When everyone's fit, though, in that midfield, who who is your three, Ollie? Who, who, who are your three? Is it a case of Dak comes in for Rothwell and he's that driving, um, tricky player who can just play that ball through? Um, or does he come in for someone like Holtby and do you try and ask Dak to sit a bit deeper rather than being that goal threat? Or is that wasting his assets? It's a, it's a tough, tough um, question, I think. Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't go into it in my answer, but... I would have Dak in the front three. I think the way the new system we're playing, when it's work, when we've got the right people in the right positions, and by that, it's not that Moby's trying to play the wrong people in the wrong positions. I mean, it's more to do with fitness. That provided you've got so like that anchoring position, if we don't have Johnson, Tribal, or Travis as the defence midfielder. It doesn't work. We have to have one of those three. Johnson on his day is absolutely outstanding, but he, you know, one in three, one in four, he's a he's a five or a six, sadly. Um, Tribal, I actually think quietly has been very, very good. Um, I thought he I actually agree with that. Yeah, I I know he's got some stick, and people don't necessarily rate him. I, I think the less, you know, he was unremarkable um on tuesday but was brilliant because he's yeah. doing everything he's he's faultless but it's an unremarkable job that he's doing um or travis but to me if everyone's fit it is travis because a little bit of bias he's one of our own but when has travis not been an eight out of ten or better like it just doesn't happen um he he does the work of two players in a in a system that is quite an attacking system. I think people overlook how good Travis is on the ball, both in terms of receiving the ball, keeping it away, you know, on the half turn, just taking it past one player and actually looking up and playing passes forward. He he is really good at that side of the game, but so is Tom Tribal. Um so it's Travis pretty much cemented there and if it's not him it's tribal Holby Holby is above the class of the championship where we should be count ourselves lucky that we have him um he dictated the pace of the game against Preston and dictated the game from the center of the pitch um he does that because invariably he's better than most players on the pitch um and is very experienced i think you know you really don't have to go too far back to him being absolutely you know a really really top player in the bundesliga and probably just because of how many good players there are ahead of him not playing a bit more for the german national team um, he has his cap as well he's got that cap there is more than but one. you know but he's, he's in a position where there's some very stiff competition uh, ahead of him um so, yeah, I've got Travis, Holtby, and you, I, it's, it has to be Rothwell. The way I am his biggest fan, and he's been very good this season, but 
the way that system currently works, you've got your anchor who's defending and screening, covering the fullbacks when they go really far forward. Holby is the playmaker, keeps things ticking over, very clever on the ball. And the, the, what Rothwell does is he links midfield and attack, which has been a problem we have faced. Not you know even before Mowbray, it's it's something that we often struggle with. Um, Can Dak not Dak, do that job better though? Too slow. I mean, if you look at two examples, the first goal against Derby and the Brereton, the second goal on Tuesday. There is, we do not have anyone in the squad that's anywhere near doing what Rothwell did from picking the ball up either in his own half or on the halfway line. And when he decides, I mean, he just glides past like four players. It just is just effortless when he decides he's going to run forward. But then, then again, I'm playing, playing devil's advocate, but Rothwell is renowned for being inconsistent. He's consistently inconsistent. He'll do Preston Luton, where he has such an influence on the game, where you think, God. And then there's a Stoke City from last season where everyone said, yeah, he's back, he's going to be brilliant, and he was rubbish. Couldn't couldn't get on the ball. Bradley Jack, whenever he's on the pitch, impacts the game. Um, I think it's who my three's going to be going. Um so do, do, do you not think that you've got to fit Dak in there? Because if, if that's your three, where, does Dak, is Dak a bench player? That's, I think, I think no, that's the I question. Think Dak's, really in the, Dak's in the front three for me. Okay, so would you would you just play him at wide then? Who do you no, who do you I, this the is, three? And this is not, I'm not being like ridiculous or controversial. So I, I think I said this in probably the last recording that um, I would, basically it's still a 4-3-3. Elliot drops out and that's Elliot has been everything Alex just said about Harvey Elliott is true and you know Mm -hmm. the pass he played to lay Brereton through for Dolan's goal yeah is it took about four defenders I know the traps but it completely but in that are we not overlooking how good how clever a footballer Bradley Dack is and his the way he can pass and to me I I played Dack so basically, I would almost view it as a diamond. So you've got Travis, Rothwell, Holtby. Uh, yeah, Holtby, Rothwell. And then you've basically got Armstrong and Brereton who can interchange sides, but they're they're no wider than the 18-yard box because you've got Nyambe or Rankin-Costello and Douglas who play, who, who provide the width and the crosses into the box. To me, Dak is almost sat at the top of a diamond ahead of that midfield three. And that's... To so make you play Brereton and Armstrong more as two more central Yeah, strategies. and that's not... Um, that's, you know... Armstrong is... To me, I'd be telling Armstrong, you do not go wider than the 18-yard box. As in, you're still... I still want you on shoulders. I still want you running through channels and getting one-on-one with the goalkeeper and scoring or winning penalties. That's... That is where he's most dangerous, and you can't. He's the top scorer in the division. You can't take that away. Um, Brereton can do what Brereton's been doing. You know, he switched. He switched sides on Tuesday. He can spend a half on the left, a half on the right, and he's he'll be as you know he he can interchange. Um, I, I'd see it as quite fluid, but I think you want Dak. You know, 
Dak is at his best when he's you give Dak feeding off those scraps, the ghosting in. You want Dak ghosting into the penalty spot when you know at the end of a move because he's the most clinical finisher we have. That's where you want him. If he's in the midfield three, he's too deep. You're you're wasting the fact that he, you know, in a full season in the championship, he's 15 to 20 goals and he's not going to score 20 goals playing in Joe Rothwell's position or Lewis Holtby's position. So he's got to be, he has to be up there somewhere. Um, But (laughs) it's, uh, you know, know, I'm having to say something that's, you know, oh, Armstrong doesn't get to play in the middle because you're trying to shoot one in. I think then... Then that's where the discussion comes. Do you try and shoe shoot, shoot, shoot? Sorry about that. Do you try and shoehorn him in? Um, and we're going to move to Alex in a minute because I know we could be here for hours talking about about where you fit Brother Dak in. That's where the question comes, though, isn't it? Do you try and shoehorn Brother Dak in, or is he now not needed in this squad? Could we sell him? And I think I think that's the question. I don't think we should. I know where I play him, and like I said, you know where you play him. But then it's, you don't want to then say to Armstrong, Armour, you've scored 25 goals in the past 33 games, whatever he scored. Sorry, though, pal. You, you don't want to be central anymore because we need, Bradley needs to come back in. Like I said, it's, it's an impossible situation. We could talk about it for hours. Um, Alex, um, obviously, Ollie said the Eagles, Rothwell, Holtby and Trav. Um and plays Dak, but plays in front of the field. So he forgoes Elliot. Do you fit Dak in that middle three, or are you looking along the lines of, with Ollie, that Dak needs to be almost played as, as an out-and-out number 10, number nine player? Dak, just to, just to confirm and just to state an obvious fact, Dak is in my team, regardless of what happens. He's I think he's in everyone's 11. team. I, th- I, yeah. think, I think he's in all our teams. Yeah. I think it's just a he case is. of how, how do you fit him in? He's, he's, he's got a lot to offer, and I think a lot of people have forgotten just how good he was um, for, for a long time. Like you said, recency bias before, it's that yeah, idea that Dak's not been bias. here. Um, Armstrong's the, been good for the past thing, Dak's been good. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. The, the reasons I outlined before, Dak has to be in the midfield three. And it's just because, can you imagine the conversation on the training ground when Marbury goes up to Armstrong on a Friday afternoon and says, Armour, um, I'm going to move you what you've been good at all year. You're the top scorer in the division, but I'm going to move you for a guy that's been out for a year filming a reality show on TV, and I'm going to shift you out to the left. I don't imagine that conversation going too well, personally. I think if I was <laughs> I think if I was Armstrong, I know I'm the same height, but I've not got the same footballing ability, um, I'd be pretty cheesed off. Is 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 the is the right word for that? So for me, you leave Armstrong where he is. That, in fact, it's the first bullet point when you're considering all this. For me, is you leave Armstrong where he is right now. That leaves you with Brereton, who I think you've got to keep him because of the fee we paid for him. To be quite honest with you, uh, it's his form as well. To be fair. I, well <laughs> Yeah, I'm not saying that he's not been in good form, but what I'm what I mean by that is the club has got to the club has got to take into account the investments it's made and return on investments is is really what I was getting at. Is that mm-hmm. the club can't waste a seven million pound asset 
you know, is really what I was getting at. But Dak has to be in the midfield three. And my midfield three, just to be blunt, would be, um, if everyone was fit, it would be Travis, Holtby and Dak. And um, I think it provides a good mixture of youth and experience, a good mixture of passing ability that uh, soldiers and artists, as Marbury likes to say all the time. And um, I do actually have an issue with what Ollie said slightly about Dak not being able to do that Rothwell role. I don't think he has that blistering pace that Rothwell does, true, granted. But I still think with his ability and his skill, I remember vividly a League One game where he, I think he, there was a throw-in on the right-hand side uh, about near the halfway line. And uh, I think it might have been Nyambi just threw it to his feet. And he beat about six or seven players and jinked into the box and nearly scored the best goal I've ever seen from a Rovers player. And so I think he does have that ability to run deep from midfield. And only that, when in the past, when we've talked about, you know, we've been struggling in games, I think that drops deeper anyway. He has a tendency to drop deeper during games when we're struggling, when we're struggling to get on the ball. You often see Dak near the edge of our own box almost, you know. Uh, he'll be he'll be playing next to Kaminsky, asking for the ball, no doubt. Um, that's the sort of player he is. He's got that role of freedom anyway. And so I think... Yeah. I, I know what you mean. As I, I, think, I, say, as I say, he goes in that midfield three for me and you I leave think, the front three alone. Is, yeah, you've got Dak. Dak basically plays a free role anyway. Even when he was playing number 10, he was more of that attacking focal point, if you will, where everything came through Graham to Dak, and Dak was always on the end of everything. Even then, you'd see him picking up the ball in the centre spot, just trying to create something. And I think the one thing that I would say in the games against Luton and games last season against Stoke, um, Swansea, um, the Barnsley game that we lost towards the end, Dom Samuel's chance... Brother Dak scores. Um, and I think the big thing is that he's just really good at football, isn't he? I don't know what else to say. He's just very good. And I, I can think, see what you mean, Ollie. I think I think we're so used to seeing Dak play in a certain position. And it's that number 10. And it's that idea that, well, yeah, you also want to fit Joe Rothwell in the side. Because I do. I'd love to fit Joe Rothwell and Dak in the side. I think he can, to be fair. I think Rothwell can play it wide. I think it's the sort of player that when Harvey Elliott needs a rest, Rothwell can come in, Tyree Stall can come in. Um, if Holtby's struggling, Dak, I wouldn't put it past him playing that Holtby role very well. Um, I don't think he'd love it as much, but he could do it. Um, like I said, and it's, it's a really interesting one. I think with like, the fact that um, both of you have... have disagreed and we all disagree a little bit in, in different ways is just yeah. I mean just sure but then Ollie do you not think that's a good good headache to have that, that Mowbray's now got a midfield where no matter what the midfield three yeah some are stronger than others but there's no huge weakness is there if you play tribal Rothwell and oh, Holby you're happy tribal Rothwell John Buckley you think mm, Buckley carry the roles as good as Holby but he can still do that role of just you know, dictating the play. Oh, yeah. No, I'm got... not. Alex's team is a fantastic... I know that I'd have no issue. I wouldn't... 
if my, if that's when he's fit, I don't know, whatever game it is, Millwall or something, and that's the team sheet, it's just Dak in for Rothwell. I wouldn't sit there and go, oh, well, we're going to lose now because yeah. it's, it's still, it's an amazing team. I just think um, it's just the balance of the system works really well at the moment. I do think it's valid as well. I can see what you mean. I'm not exactly where your mind's coming from. I think part of me is like, mm. Do you go back to Dak as the centre man and, and Armstrong goes a little bit wide because Armstrong can play there? So I think I, I can 100% see what you're saying. Yeah, and it's, but I think, I'd actually I think Alex said it in one of the live streams that it's a great headache for us to, you know, we could talk about this for a long time, but the reality of this season is it's a squad season. Um, games thick and fast, COVID 19. So actually, it's probably a headache that's going to resolve itself Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, because someone won't be available or someone's, you know, we've now ranking Costello's out for 10 weeks. That's, you know, that's something to deal with. And so actually, it's it's just ensuring you've got, you've just got one of the pegs for the right position. I, to me, I think you've got to stick with the, the, the system works, I think, really well. Um but it's going to be more around players will just rotate in because someone's injured or someone's isolating for two weeks. And, and actually it'll be, I'll be amazed if we come to a a Friday and Mowbray sat there in training and sort of looking at his whiteboard going, saying, no one's injured. I've got this, this, the entire squad is fit. And then I don't know what he's going to do because I wouldn't want to be able to die. I don't think you can. I don't know how you pick it. It's impossible, isn't it? It's, it's not as loud as said. There's so many variations of it. Yeah. But yeah, it's. I guess it's a headache to have if if we can have that headache to be able to. Then I guess that's where depth comes in, isn't it? Maybe Mowbray's looked at it and thought, you know what, we need these players because this season I don't think Lewis Travis is going to be able to play every game. I don't think Brother Johnson's going to be able to play every game. So you've got Tribal to come in who can, like I mean, only said, have got, has had, I think, a bit of an unfair start of his career. I don't think he looked as natural when it comes to his passing. Um, but I just think as that, uh, that anchor in the midfield, like I said, that just cuts things up and cuts the passing, passing lanes off. I think he's very, very good at that. Um, I think we're going to end it there, boys. I think that that's the perfect um, point to end it on. Um Bradley Dak and how you fit him in. It sort of was a Bradley Dak podcast, really, wasn't it? Um, obviously, guys, thanks for, for coming on. Um, really appreciate it. Ollie, sorry if you felt like we ganged up on you at the end there. No. With, no. <laughs> with Bradley Dak. It makes, it makes for good debate. So. No, it, it definitely does, I think. And then, like I said, we could, we could speak for another hour, I'm sure, um, on Bradley Dak and where you put him in and, and more than midfield three is. Um, but you would be even more bored than what you probably are right now. Um, of course, I would encourage you all to check out the live streams. Or that Alex is a big part of them. Um, people sit there asking questions. Some might even give him abuse, I'm sure. Um, but obviously, we'd love um, your view there um, because they're just really well put together. And I know a lot of work goes in by Ryan, who um, does most of the live streams. Um, on the other side, another one with opposition fans, a fantastic one that... Um, you should definitely check out over on the Twitter and YouTube and Facebook. Of course, again as well, I bring us back to the thing we start. We spoke about at the start of the podcast. 
Um, we'll be running a series called The 12 Days of Rubbish Chat for the first 12 days of December. There'll be a guaranteed video, podcast, or a live stream on the YouTube channel. Um, you can find us at Rovers Chat, so head over, click that subscribe button so that you don't miss out. And as always, we're proudly sponsored by Six Yards Out. Thanks for listening. Thanks for coming on, Alex and Ollie, um, and we'll see you next time. Pleasure. The Rovers Chat YouTube channel is proudly sponsored by SixYardsOut.com. They've got retro football from every era with mugs, phone cases and much more. They also have plenty of Rovers goods, including apparel with the famous 94-95 season and this season's kit. Check them out using the link in the description below. Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton.